Well, it's good to see everyone here this morning. We know that there are some that aren't here because they forgot about the time change. This is the earliest that I ever remember time changing. And so I have never, in my life, I don't think it ever changed this early before. And uh, so I don't know what the uh, uh, hurry is, uh, but... uh, Apparently, they decided it was going to change earlier and earlier, you know. Pretty soon, it'll just all be daylight savings time, you know. <laughs> I, I just, I want to elaborate to you why, uh, uh, before I get into the message this morning, too. While uh, Nick was ministering uh, in music this morning, uh, the Lord spoke to me and he told me to remind you. How many of you know that Israel was God's chosen nation and people, right? And it's, it's a profound truth. Every battle that Israel ever won, the army was preceded in battle. In other words, before the battle was fought, the praise and worship leaders of Israel went before the army and sang praises and worshiped God. Now listen, before every battle that was ever won, That was the specific word of the Holy Spirit. Praise and worship was offered first. How many of you are fighting a battle right now? That is the key to victory. Learn how to praise and learn how to worship God in spirit and in truth. And you will have victory. Amen? That's an important word. How many of you believe that's an important word? And I wouldn't take time in a a service to give that to you if I didn't believe that it was straight from God. I've learned it to be true in my own life. When things happen in our life, we can sit around and whine about it, you know. In fact, a couple of times over the years, when people would whine to me, I'd ask them if they wanted a little cheese with that whine, you know. (laughs) How many are listening to me, you know? God is worthy to be praised. Amen. And you know what? When we learn how to praise and worship Him, everything takes the right perspective in our lives. And in fact, the entire worship service this morning actually goes with the fourth installment on the subject of strife that we've been studying. 
Our key scripture text for this study has been James chapter 3, verse 16. In the New King James Version, it says, Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. In the Old King James, it says, Where envy and strife exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. In one of the more modern translations today, I like this translation. It says, For wherever there is jealousy, envy, contention, rivalry, selfish ambition, and strife, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. That is an accurate translation of the original. I want you to listen to that one more time. It says, wherever there is jealousy, envy, contention, rivalry, selfish ambition, strife, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. Everybody say, that is the word of the Lord. You may wonder why something, a topic like this, would take as many messages as we've uh, preached on this so far. There are literally hundreds of scripture verses in the Bible dealing with the subject of strife. In fact, we haven't exhausted them And this is the fourth message. What we've learned to this point about this topic is is that it is detrimental to our life and when we are walking in strife, we are walking in sin. There's no other way to put it. God does not want us in strife. Something else that you need to know today, and this is something that will benefit you, we're going to study from a more practical perspective today. Strife in our life creates stress. Everybody say stress. And stress in our life, according to every medical study to date, brings sickness. In fact, they are learning more about this now through recent studies than they've ever known before. But the Word of God has told us this from the very beginning. How many of you know God knows? We need to believe what the Word of God says. You and I are vessels that were created by God And according to Scripture, we were created as vessels for, listen to this, righteousness, joy, and peace. We were created as vessels for, one more time, righteousness, joy, and peace. 
the exact opposite of strife and stress. Man, this is so important. You and I were never programmed to house strife, worry, hatred, bitterness, resentfulness, unforgiveness, rage, anger, jealousy, turmoil. We were never housed for any of those things. God never created us for those. We're the ones that let them in. And every one of them, according to the word of God, is a destroyer. And they all come because of strife. Any kind of neg negative emotion that we can think of, Satan wants us carrying around. Why? Because he wants to destroy us. Everybody, how many of you know the scripture says we were created in the image and likeness of God? Amen? And we were created for God himself and for the things of God. And so this is why we need teachings like this. Now, our mind and our body... They were built to endure a lot of punishment and still survive. This is an amazing creation. But filling our life and our mind full of the wrong stuff will absolutely damage them. I said absolutely. Are you with me today? I like Joyce Myers uh, uh, as a teacher. You know, she's one of the best female teachers in the kingdom of God today. How many know who she is? She says a lot of diseased, disease is caused by dis-ease. That's good. I wish I'd have said it first. And the simple fact is this, millions of people are sick today. Now their sickness is real, but the root cause can be traced back to strife. Are you getting a picture here? Somebody say amen. Strife will result in stress, and stress will then lead to turmoil. Turmoil leads to anger. And all of these things have proven to be emotionally and physically hard on us and our being. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says, when you're angry, I'll paraphrase it a little bit. When you're angry, do not sin. And if you become angry, do not let your wrath last until the sun goes down. How many's heard that scripture before? The word for wrath there means exasperation, fury, or indignation. 
In other words, get rid of it before the sun goes down. How many of you know that means in our life, these things are supposed to last less than one day? Are you with me this morning? Come on. That scripture verse is clear, and there's no other way to interpret it. But yet, human beings carry this junk around with them, even Christians, day in and day out. And then they wonder why they feel so bad sometimes. They wonder why there's no victory in their life. They wonder why they're just down. I'm having a blue day. It does not have to be that way. In the Psalms it says, I believe it's Psalms 4.4, Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart and be still. What's that mean, Pastor Ron? That means you and I should refuse to respond out of anger. Instead, we are supposed to take time for righteous reflection. Anybody ever been mad at somebody? Haven't we all? James, the brother of our Lord, said in, in James chapter 1, verse 19, Understand this, my brethren. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Slow to take offense and slow to become angry. But yet, I'm going to tell you a trait that is increasing with alarming uh, 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 frequency is Hot anger. It's like that. Have you ever noticed that while you're angry, and I mean really hot, your energy level is off the chart? How many, how many can know what I'm talking about? But once that anger subsides, you feel like someone pulled the plug on you. Right? There is a medical reason for that. Everybody say, Pastor Ron, I need to hear this. When we see these type of, uh, of responses in our own body, this is absolute proof that there are physical effects because of strife. The Bible also tells us that if we are people of understanding, Psalm. No, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27. A man of understanding is of a calm spirit. 
If you're hearing me today and you're understanding what I'm saying, the scripture says that should bring about in you a calm spirit. Are you with me today? Come on. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 17 says, A quick-tempered man acts foolishly or actually is a fool. How many are here? Come on. And Proverbs chapter 16 verse 32 says, If you are slow to anger, you are better than the mighty. How many got that? Now that might not be an exact quotation. I'm sure Jerry's putting them up behind me. But it's exactly what scripture says. This is very, very important. When people are angry, when people have allowed strife to come into their life and push them into an angry response, it causes physical effects on the body. You know what? Some people, when they're like this, emotionally upset, they eat more. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a proven fact. And then other people go the exact opposite way. They don't eat anything at all. How many of you know both of them are bad for you? Some people will get tension headaches. Anybody ever had a tension headache in here? Man, I'll tell you, I have. You can ask Doc right back there. He's adjusted my neck before. The muscles in the back of your neck will tighten up to the point where you can hardly move. You get knots the size of golf balls back there. And that cannot be good for you. I went one time to see Doc for an adjustment. I didn't know what was wrong. And my neck, the neck muscles in my neck were so tight they were pulling my head backwards. And he had to massage and, and, and adjust. And, and uh, I, I don't know, uh, it, uh, I think... Trigger points, is that what you had to trigger point to get them to release? This is how bad we can get. But yet, it's unnecessary in our lives because God gave us fair warning in Scripture. You see, I'm standing here before you this morning. And I'm telling you a little bit of personal things about me to show you that no one is immune. See, everybody thinks preachers are immune. And I want to tell you that that's not true. In fact, I'm going to tell you a truth that I have learned over the years. I believe pastors especially have to pray more and read more and meditate more than anyone else. 
because I believe we are under attack more often than you are. And I believe Scripture substantiates that. Also, recent studies, medical studies have come out and it says that many of the people with stomach and colon problems have those problems because of stress. Many of them. In fact, some doctors believe the majority. Now, when you read some of these statistics, they are very enlightening. But I want to ask you this morning, the first question is, are you getting the picture? How many of you believe this is important? Exactly what are you saying, Pastor Ron? I'm telling you that if you are not careful, you can become an emotional and a physical wreck. And I'm here to warn you. And this is a message straight from the throne room of God for us and for this church. Well, Pastor Ron, that's kind of conceited, isn't it? No, if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't preach it. Let me give you a a truth here today. First of all, stress is an engineering term. How many of you know what I mean by that? It's used by engineers all the time. And originally it was used to determine how much pressure something that was built could take before it collapsed. So this is a good analogy for us. How much stress can the human body endure before it collapses is the question today. But the real question is this, is why should you ever want to find out? Amen? We were designed by God to handle a certain amount of stress. But when that stress leads to strife, our stress level explodes. And something happens, either emotionally or physically, in our life. Not to mention the physical separ- or the spiritual separation that we experience as well when we break fellowship with God. Now, everyday life, our jobs, our families, just everything that we deal with, with that every one of them can cause a certain amount of stress. You and I can handle, and we were built by God tough enough to handle the everyday stresses of life because that's a natural part of life. God knew that when he put us here. Right? Amen? How many knew God knew? 
Look at someone and say, stress in everyday circumstances cannot be completely avoided. Everybody say, we need this. We need to hear this. But, (laughs) how many of you know when you have a but in a sentence, it negates everything that was said before? Proper rest and quiet time Time in prayer and meditation and and study of Scripture will help rebuild all of our expanded, our expended energy in our lives. That's why it's important to us. But when things get out of balance or excessive, that's when our health becomes adversely affected. I'll give you some examples. Seven-day-a-week work schedules. 16-hour-day work days. Even in Scripture, they worked from sunup to sundown, which is normally about 12 hours at the most. And they never worked on Sunday. So they took every seventh day off as a day of rest. Now I'm not saying we are going back under the Sabbath law. Don't anybody go out of here and say, Pastor Ron preached that. But I'm telling you that God instituted that in the very beginning because he knew what was good for us. And let me tell you this as well. There's an opposite end to that spectrum. There's people who work seven days a week, 16 hours a day until they collapse, either emotionally or physically. And then there's people at the other end of the spectrum that don't work at all. They lay around, they become fat and lazy. They're idle. And scripture says an idle mind is not good. In fact, there was an old wife uh, uh, saying, my mom said it, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. How many ever heard that before? And that is true as well. If you're idle all the time, all you have to do, if you're not reading and studying and praying, And if you're reading and studying and praying, you won't be a lazy person in the first place. But if you're reading, praying, and studying, if you're not doing that and you're idle all the time, all you're doing is sitting around thinking about life. I knew a a gentleman one time and a lazy man. He stayed at my house one time for a while because he didn't have any place else to stay. And I went to work every day and came home every day 
And there he was sitting in my lazy boy. And I would walk through the door and the first words out of his mouth was, it's a long day today. Now I want you to know after about a week of that, that fried my eggs. I got into strife. I tried to get him a job, but he never showed up for it. <laughs> so I had to pray about that situation myself. This is a true story, I'm telling you. Can anybody relate? When we get things out of balance or excessive, that's when our health is adversely affected. Everybody say, I heard that. I believe the world we live in is a very stressful place, especially today with everything that's going on. Another thing that you may not know about, uh, according to recent studies, is the noise levels are increasing yearly. And noise creates stress in our lives. That's why God said to be quiet and know that I'm God. Amen? We need some quiet time as well. Has anybody ever heard some of this stuff they call music today? There's nothing music about it. It's just noise. How many of you in here realize that every time you get in your car, you're taking your life in your own hands? That's why you should pray before you leave your home. In fact, we need to know how to pray. And we better do it on a, on a regular basis if we want to stay in the will of God. Come on, people. I, I, I'm telling you something that this is going to change your life. Somebody say, praise God. In fact, uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Christians should pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. What in the world does that mean, Pastor Ron? That means pray every day. Amen. And in fact, you can pray more than once a day. Most Christians are real good at praying three or four times a day. God is good. God is great. And let's thank him for his food. Amen. That's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about. I'm talking about personal, intimate time with God. Having a conversation with the Creator. How many of you know conversation is two-way? 
So be quiet and listen once in a while. God may have something to tell you. Somebody say amen. I found out something else, and this is something that has, it, it, just, it just boggles the mind. Today, everybody is in a hurry. I mean, you can be driving down the street, maybe have a little bit of Christian music on in the car. You're just going somewhere. You're just maybe a little quiet time. When I'm in the car like that, that's when sometimes I have quiet time between me and the Lord. And all of a sudden, people are driving by, waving at me with just one finger. I don't even know what I did. The only thing that I could figure out is I wasn't going fast enough. And if they're driving faster than I do, they're in trouble anyway. <laughs> we need to pray and we need to pray on a regular basis. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says, Pray always with all prayer and supplication. Write this down if you're taking notes. Instead of having a prayer life, we should have a life of prayer. How many got that? Everybody's in a hurry today, but where are they going? Well, that's probably true with a lot of them. Everything that I've mentioned here creates an atmosphere void of peace. It creates an atmosphere supercharged with strife and stress and anxiety. Are you with me this morning? Because of the hectic pace of society today, many people are tired all the time. Let me give you another statistic. You can check these out with your doctor if you want to. Tired people are more impatient and they become frustrated and angry quicker than if they are rested. How many heard that? Let me give you something scriptural. When you're tired you're more likely to succumb to temptation than if you're rested. How many heard that? I believe every bit of this is a part of Satan's schemes because he wants to destroy us. We were created in the image and likeness of God. He can't do anything to God. So what does he do? He attacks his image and likeness especially those of us who are trying to serve the Lord. Studies show that the average person today lives in strife 
with their circumstances of life. We live in a microwave society. We go to a restaurant and order a meal, and if it's not there in five minutes, we're telling somebody about it. How many are listening to me today? All of this is detrimental to our health. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 says this. Those who believe. Everybody say this with me. Say, those who believe. believe, Say it again. Enter into God's rest. Uh, Probably a lot more than that. For we have believed do enter that rest. So he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For we who have believed do enter into that rest. That says, those who believe enter into the rest of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 verse 5 says, be moderate. And then verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Somebody say, praise the Lord. The word for rest here in the New Testament means this. Are you with me? Now this is, how, this is why, first of all, God chose Greek to write the New Testament. How many of you know Greek is the most exact language on planet Earth? Yes, it is. And the ancient Greek was, that's why I believe God allowed it to spread. And even in the Roman Empire, most of the educated used Greek. The rest means this, the harmonious working of all our faculties and affections because we have found in God satisfaction and development. Everybody say, wow. Is this important? You better believe it's important. Living in faith means that we enter into God's rest. And without faith, we know that it's impossible to please God. The question is not, do we have stress? The correct question is this, are we managing our stress properly? Now, I could go into... Stress in the home. But I won't meddle today. But I will will tell you this. The first step in managing stress is to take the necessary steps to avoid more stress than you can handle. 
Everybody say, that's common sense. Rest. Eat right. Get a little exercise. Laugh. Learn how to enjoy life. You know, a lot lot of times sinners are better at enjoying things than Christians are. Of course, what they enjoy is But how many are listening? I mean, when we had Saturday Night Life here a, a few times, we had a Christian comic. How many were here for those, by the way? I'm, they were hilarious. Right? And you know what? That was good medicine. Scripture says, laughter doeth good like a medicine. Somebody say amen. Amen. Ask yourself this morning, are you out of balance? Are you living at the extremes? How often do you get angry? How long do you stay angry? These are questions that we should ask ourselves. Amen? Well, Pastor Ron, this is really not a real theological message today. It's sound theology. Each time we get upset and our emotions reach the boiling point, our internal organs have to work harder to deal with that strain. That is a proven fact. When we get uh, upset, it actually sets off an alarm in our bodies that causes our bodies to release hormones. Adrenaline is one of them. And adrenaline is necessary, but adrenaline, too much of it, can kill you. When we're upset, our heart rate increases. Our blood pressure increases. These are all proven medical facts. And we go into what is called the fight or flight mode. How many has heard of that before? And being in that state too long or too frequently causes much harm to the body. Most of you know that I was a police officer for almost a quarter of a century. All of the studies on police officers say that the average life expectancy of the average police officer is at least seven years less than the average man in our society because of the adrenaline rushes that he had throughout his job or his life, throughout his career. How many has ever heard that before? And a lot of people, that's, they marvel at how young cops die. We all know many of them that died, you know, uh, 
we know very, very few police officers that have lived into their 70s and 80s. There's a reason for that. Let me give you a, an example. A rubber band. How many has played with rubber bands before? You get a rubber band and you take it and you stretch it as far as you can stretch it without breaking it. Find out what it is and then you stretch that rubber band. You just do it over and over again. And eventually you won't even make it to that point before the rubber band snaps. And we're the same way. I just gave you an analogy that you'll remember the rest of your life. And when we snap, whether it's physically or emotionally, it takes a lot of work to put us back together. So the question for you today is this, why allow yourself to get to that point in the first place? Some people become physically ill, others become emotionally sick. And I've seen both. One of the common uh, maladies among police officers for years was ulcers and colon problems. They happened more frequently at an increased rate. And most medical studies now say that it was because of the years of strife or stress that they were under. We were not created for stressful living. When stress comes into your life, what are we supposed to do, Pastor Ron? You're supposed to take it to Jesus. Somebody say, I heard that. Are you getting anything out of this today? How many is getting something out of this this morning? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30 says, A sound heart, which means mind, is life to the body. But envy, meaning strife, is rottenness to the bones. Whew. Wow. Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22 says, My son, give attention to my words. This is God talking. Incline your ear to my sayings. Never let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in your heart. Right? For they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. I'm not making this up, people. If we will allow the Word of God to bring healing to our lives, if we will meditate on it, instead of what's causing us stress, 
If you have an issue in your life that you're having a hard time dealing with, find scripture in the Bible that addresses that and, and meditate on that. Amen. Somebody say praise God. praise God. Trust in the Lord what? With all your heart. Everybody say all my heart. And lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge God and he will direct your path. That's what scripture says. Somebody say praise God. And he will bring health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Everybody say, that's good. Casting all our care upon him is what he called us to do. You know, in, in the world, we, we know people who... How many of you know some people like to be in strife? But they don't like to be there alone. They're miserable, and misery loves company. That's why they will come to you and try to get you to buy into what they have. And that's why you should be telling them they need what you have. Jesus. Because he's the answer to every problem in our life. Somebody say amen. amen. Many times people have a hard time keeping their thoughts to their self. I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again, somebody, some, I, you know, I just had to give that person a piece of my mind. No, you didn't. And you can't afford to give them a piece anyway. You need all of it you have. <laughs> Sometimes we have a hard time keeping our sharp, sharp tongue in the sheath. How many of you know speaking sharp words starts arguments? Every husband and wife in here say amen. amen. <laughs> They're like a piercing sword, scripture says. Stand to your feet this morning. I love this passage of scripture in the Bible and I want to give it to you as we close. It says a merry heart does good like a medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. I could go on and on and on. There's, there's absolutely dozens and dozens and dozens of scriptures that I could, that I could continue to give you. I've, I don't even know how many I've given you already. But Jesus said that he came that we might have peace and life. Amen? Amen? How many wants peace? How many wants life? That's a choice. Amen? And we choose by giving our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. We allow him to save us and then we make him Lord of our life. He must be Savior and Lord. Amen? Amen. 
And we have to ask ourselves, if he's not our Lord, is he really our Savior? Bow your heads, please. Father, I've delivered the message that you've given me to deliver today. And I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice would understand and know that you have not left us in a world without giving us the power to overcome the world. We understand that you are greater than anything in this world that we may face. And that we, Lord, if we would put our faith and trust in you, that we would have your mercies surrounding us every day. We also know, Lord, that your scripture says all those who trust in themselves are fools. And Father, we don't want to put our faith and trust in ourselves because we cannot handle the stress of life. We know that it will eventually destroy us. We want to choose the wise path today. We want to choose you. Lord, we thank you for this word of warning this morning. And Lord, may we all take it to heart today is my prayer in Jesus' name with heads bowed and people not looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never prayed publicly to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You've never prayed a prayer of confession and repentance. And you would like to receive Christ this morning as Savior and Lord of your life. I want to give you the opportunity. I will pray that prayer of confession and repentance with you this morning if you will allow me. Is there one person here would say, Pastor Ron, I would like to pray that prayer. Would you raise your hand, please? Anybody? I wanted to give you that opportunity before we dismiss. Every one of the Christians that are in here, I believe in my heart that we needed to hear this message as well. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may he give you that peace that passes mortal understanding and fill your life with his unspeakable joy that is full of glory. I bless you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You are dismissed.